Welcome to The Confidence Project. My name is Liam and I have made it my mission to skyrocket your confidence across body, mind and everything in between. I want this podcast to inspire you so that you have the self-belief and motivation to become the best version of yourself. Thank you so much for listening and embarking on what's going to be an incredible journey for the both of us. Let's take you from where you are now to where you want to be. Yes, legends, we are back for another episode. Thank you as always for tuning in. And today we are going to talk about nutrition. Now, this is such a blanket statement and there's so many things that we can discuss and that will be discussed as the weeks go on. But this was quite sort of a hot topic and quite widely requested as far as what people wanted to hear about. And I think that's because nutrition tends to be the biggest struggle because you've always got to eat, haven't you? There's always got to be food on the table. And with that comes so many hoops you've got to jump through. So today what I'm going to do is give you my take on it, my opinion, as opposed to the science behind it. And hopefully you can take an abundance away from it. And if we can give you any tips and tricks along the way, and if anything resonates with you, as always, please let me know because this is for you. And I want you to be able to learn from it and potentially learn from my mistakes and the things that I would potentially advise and the things that I've seen from clients and the things that do and don't work. So yeah, let's get stuck in. So, nutrition. Here we go. I'm going to share with you to start off with our ethos at The Confidence Project. And our ethos is to enjoy the process. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because I think the same applies to your food, your nutrition I want you to enjoy it. Food is meant to be enjoyed. Food is not meant to be restrictive. It's not meant to be limited. It's there for a reason. It's there to be consumed. So eat it and eat the things you enjoy. If anyone knows me, I love white chocolate. I love pizza. I love ice cream. All these things, they bring me happiness. It's what I want to eat. It's what I enjoy eating. It brings my smile to my face. Now, of course, this comes with a bit of a but. There is a catch. And the catch is don't take the piss with it. Quite simply, just enjoy your foods, but overconsumption of these things will lead to burnout, will lead to weight gain, will lead to you feeling a little bit crap. So what I really need us to do is think about balance, moderation. It is key, and it's a little bit of a cliche, but it genuinely is key. So how I would frame this is when we look at our food and the choices we make, we need to make a compromise rather than a sacrifice. Because if we did go one way or the other, if we did sacrifice all the foods that we ate, uh, that we wanted to eat, I should say, then, like I say, it's not really an enjoyable life. And, you know, if we've only got one life, then how are you going to use it? And you need to be enjoying the things that you want to eat, the things that you crave, and that's absolutely natural. Because it brings a smile to your face, like I say. But equally, if you go the other way and you eat too much of these things, again, let's use chocolate as an example, and your diet is so congested so heavily by chocolate and donuts and whatever else it is you're going to eat, then that comes with detrimental health effects. That's going to come with weight gain, you feeling pretty sluggish, feeling a little bit crap, all these things, you know, internally and externally, it will just do you no favours. So my best piece of advice is to come up with a compromise that fits your lifestyle, your routine, that adheres to your goals as opposed to sacrificing or equally going the other way and thinking, sod it, I'll eat X, Y, and Z because I can. And this is often affiliated with what we call the all or nothing approach. Now, you may have heard this, you may not have heard this. 
It's something that I've done in the past and it's something that I still do to a degree, albeit getting a lot better. But it's also the one thing that I see so many clients do and I see so many people fall victim to it really. Now, what we mean by this is hypothetically, you might be well invested into your nutrition um, and with that, you'll be eating very clean, very fresh produce, Monday to Friday, let's say, and then Saturday, Sunday rolls around and it becomes a bit of a free-for-all. And you justify your good eating habits by doing the complete opposite. So Monday to Friday, you've absolutely smashed it. Saturday, you've got a takeaway. You've gone out for some beers. Sunday, you're hungover. You've gone to the shop and got a full English and you've been sedentary all day. And if you can almost imagine like a graph, you've been quite linear and quite good. And then it absolutely spikes over this weekend. And as a result, the downfall is a real fall from grace because Monday, you think, right, I'll get back on it. And before you know it, you end up on a bit of a hamster wheel is probably the best way of looking at this. And as a result, you get stuck in the mud. You don't end up progressing how you want to progress. So there's a few ways around this, albeit it's easier said than done. And like I say, it's something that I've done in the past, I still do. It's still a struggle for many like myself. But what we've got to do is we've got to be consistently good rather than occasionally great. Now, when I heard that, I was like, yeah. You know what? All we've got to do is just show up one day at a time. And it doesn't have to be perfect. My day today doesn't have to be the perfect day because it will never last. It's never the long game. What we've got to do is just think, have I done the right thing there? Have I given it my best? Have I made compromises? Could I have done better? Could I have done worse? And just look at your day and reflect on it. But ultimately, we need to put ourselves in a position where we take it one day at a time and we can be pretty pleased with our day, and we wake up the next day, and we do it all again. Now, within this day, in order to achieve this, I've adopted something that we call the 80-20 rule. And again, you've probably heard this before, but it's something that I think really allows us to find this balance between, like I say, being consistent and being occasionally great. So what we mean by the 80-20 rule is 80% of time, be on it, eat well, do the hard work, do the nitty-gritty, and that allows for 20% of the time just to take your foot off the gas. Now, this can be applied to the day, to the week, however you see fit. But based on if you are someone who suffers from this all or nothing approach like myself, the best way around it is to do it on a daily basis. So 80% of the calories I consume will be decent. They'll be well-tracked, well-looked after, well-measured, high in protein, have good nutritional value. That allows for 20% of the diet in that day to be a chocolate bar, to be something that I enjoy doing, rather than being 100% on it, and like I say, being great through the week, and then just crashing on the weekend, and not just having that little chocolate bar, but you know, getting a whole box, there's a lot of Easter eggs around at the moment, I'll have a big Easter egg, and then people will do this, and, and you see people go nuts, you absolutely do, and I get it, and like I say, I've done it myself so many times, but the thing that's taking me out of this hamster wheel is to simply take it one day, one step, one meal at a time, adopt the 80-20 rule, look at your diet, allow for some flexibility, allow for some leeway, and you will see some monumental and realistic progress that doesn't derail where you want to be. So to give you my example, I currently have 2,800 calories on a training day. So when I train, I will have 2,800 calories and I track my calories. And again, I'll come to this shortly. But maybe 2,400, something like that, will be 
well-tracked, well-organized, well-disciplined. I look after what I'm eating. I make sure it's got the good stuff. It's very clean. And that additional 400 will allow for something like a chocolate bar. So for instance, I'll have a really good breakfast, a really good lunch, a nice tea, and then ultimately my snacks, probably like many, would be what I'd say is a bit of a downfall because I like these little things in life. I like, I'm a bit of a grazer, really. So for me, something like a chocolate bar is brilliant. I love the Yorkies, the um, the biscuit and raisin ones sold on them. Could have them a hundred times over. Or like I say, white chocolate always goes down a treat. But it's then just how do you fit it in? So tracking calories is my way around this. Now, I'm going to come on to this because tracking calories, it's such a love it or hate it topic, I think. And I see so many people try it and fail. And I see so many people who are so religiously on it. And I so see, and I see so many people who are against it. And I get both sides of the coin, really. I do. So wherever you sit, here's my take on it. I have tracked calories consistently for the last year. And in this last year, I have seen the most progress I've ever seen in my life. Now, for let's say four to five years before that, I've not tracked calories and I've gone completely against it. And I've tracked calories Monday to Friday, but not on the weekend. And throughout that time, I have absolutely plateaued. And I thought I was doing quite well, but by tracking my calories, that has allowed me to put into perspective what I'm eating and the contents of food and, and the, the goodness or not so good that it can provide for you. Now, by tracking these calories, it allows me to see what I'm eating and then I actually allow for the flexibility rather than pushing me away from it. Now, again, there's no right or wrong. This is what works for me as opposed to you. Um, but I would 100% recommend tracking calories and sticking with it if you are somebody who struggles with this all or nothing approach, because that's definitely something that I've done. And if it's tracked, it's measured. Now I know that if I don't track it, again, hand breaks off, anything goes, I'll go a little bit crazy. And it's quite a difficult thing to come back from, but I know if it's tracked and if I can be organized, and sometimes I'll actually track some days in advance, then it's all done for me. My road path, road path, road map is forged for me. And all I've got to do is just follow the steps. So if I've said, well, you're going to have X amount of Y tomorrow, I'll put it in that day. And then all I've got to do is wake up, do what I said I was going to do. And it's done for me. And it's as simple as that. Now, of course, we've got life to contend with. You've got meals out. You've got things like that. I know Mother's Day is coming up very shortly. I know we've got a lot of clients going out and being treated, um, which will be absolutely amazing. But then that's life, and that's where that potential 20% comes into it. So realistically, on Mother's Day, on Easter weekend, on your birthdays, on Christmas, of course you're not going to be tracking calories. I mean, you might if you want to, but again, that's where that flexibility comes in. And if we can say, well, actually, let's look at this 80-20 rule, and let's look at the month of March, and let's say 80% of March has been decent and good and well-organized and tracked, then the 20% allows for, like we say, birthdays, events, Mother's Days, all these things. So again, what I'm really trying to say is be flexible, but tracking calories is 100% my best way forward to go about being organized, to be on top of your food and your diet, and to ultimately look after yourself. Now, I know what you're thinking. What if I don't want to track calories? And I get it. I absolutely get it. Because like I say, I've been so stubborn in the past to not track calories, and that didn't affect my life 
how I operated, how I felt. It did hinder my progress in the gym and the aesthetic side of things, but you've got to ultimately weigh up what is your goal and where do you see this whole journey going? Now, if you've got to focus on the feel and the more intrinsic aspect of it, then great, it's neither here nor there. Admittedly, it will put things into perspective for you, but if it's more of an external and you want to decrease that body fat, if you want to see the scale shift, things like that, then tracking calories is a great way of going about it, but it's not the only way. And what I would say very loosely is there's no right or wrong. Now, in order to decrease your body fat, you've got to put yourself in a calorie deficit which is quite simple really. You've got to eat a little bit less than your body currently needs to maintain its current weight in a really simple way of looking at it. And if you're unsure what your current calorie intake is, then you can just Google it. You put in your weight and your height, job done. It's as simple as that. Um, And obviously drop me a message and I can help you with that if needs be as well. But again, what we've really got to consider is how do we go about this calorie deficit? Now you'll see what I'd call fads and the new craze going along, you know, diets and all this. And some of it will work and some of it won't. But again, it all promotes this calorie deficit. The same with things like Slimming World, Weight Watchers. What they're really saying is eat less, be in this deficit. Here's how they would go about being in this calorie deficit in order for you to lose weight. And they've put a big shiny bow on it. And that's great. But realistically, all we need to do is ensure we are in this deficit. And like I said, for me, tracking it, A, it's free. And B, all I've got to do is then just eat what I want within reason. I don't have to stick to certain foods. Um, I don't have to put sins on anything. I know that's something Weight Watchers do, Slimming will do, sorry, which is a bit of a gripe of mine because I don't think there's a good or bad food. And I think when we call food sins, it can really create a stigma with them. What we've really got to weigh up is what is the nutritional value? Is it high or low? But again, there's no real good or bad. So again, if you can get your head around calorie deficit, then that equals weight loss, that equals fat loss. Now, on the flip side of that, if you want to put weight on, you would eat in a calorie surplus. You would eat more than whatever your current maintenance calories would be. And it's as simple as that. But what I'm really saying to you is don't feel like you've got to track calories. That is only my opinion. Don't feel like you've got to do what your next door neighbor's doing because she's smashing Slimming World. Don't feel like you've got to do the next 90-day craze. Eat the food you want to eat. As long as you get your head around, it needs to be balanced, it needs to be flexible, and it needs to work for you, then you will be A-OK. I'll promise you that. And what that will do is allow for an enjoyable life. You don't have to worry about what you're eating when you're going out because you can just enjoy it. It will create a much better relationship with food from your point of view. It will put you at ease with the decisions that you make if you're trying to juggle family life. So you've got to really assess, well, what is it that I want? What is it that I'm working towards? And are the choices I'm currently making in line with that? So hopefully you've got your head around this whole calorie thing and tracking or not tracking and this idea of being in a deficit to lose weight. But again, the ball is in your court. It all comes down to you and what you want to do. And it's also going to have an element of trial and error. You've got to sometimes try these things in order to realize actually, yes, this will work for me or no, this won't. But as you go, just decide what you actually enjoy the most, what's suited to your lifestyle the most, and what's giving you the best results, really, and what works best in terms of returns and the one that you're going to get the most out of. So yeah, hopefully that's one for you. Now, to take one step further within those calories, 
something that's so important is your protein. Now, if you've got any clients listening on, they're probably going to smile because it's all I harp on about. Now, regardless if you're tracking or not tracking, it's vital you have enough protein in your diet, whether you're training or not training, in order for muscle growth and recovery in a nutshell. Now, without this protein, your returns will be very limited and in essence, they're not going to be as optimal as they could be is the best way of looking at this. So your protein, now I said we weren't talking science, but scientifically, you need 1.6 grams of protein for every kilogram of body weight. So let's just call it one and a half. Now, if someone weighs 80 kilograms, they're realistically going to need about 120 grams of protein in their diet. All of a sudden, when you look at the numbers, on the face of it, this might seem quite a lot because most sort of chicken breasts or portions of meat or fish will have anywhere between 20 and 30 grams. Um, some may have higher, obviously it depends on the size of the portion, things like that. Your typical protein bars and yogurts will probably have 15 to 20 grams, things like that. Eggs have about 6 grams and we can reel all the numbers off we want, but when you do the maths, you've got to add it up and you've got to be like, hang on a minute, am I hitting this 1.6 grams? Now you've got to start somewhere, so I'd say if you don't have the foggiest, what I'm on about, just try and get protein in your diet and then take it from there. So that's going to come from things like meat, fish, obviously you've got just about every protein brand of something possible, protein, yogurts, things like that, but a lot of dairy products work well and obviously if you don't eat meat or fish, then you can have a look at your lentils, your pulses all this side of things. So there are ways around it. And again, this is where maybe supplements come into it, protein shakes. And and again, vegan protein shakes are just as adequate um, as the rest of them if you are a vegetarian or vegan, of course. So there's ways around it to hit this number, but you are going to have to shift a couple of things. And again, this is why tracking calories works so well, because it does the maths for you. You don't have to read the back of every label thinking, oh, well, I need to have this amount of protein. It's just there for you. It calculates it all for you. It even recommends what you'd need. Um, And yeah, it's just the best way of going about it. But if you're not tracking calories, then what I would say, and I guess even if you are tracking calories, is can you identify the protein source with every meal? So I will have five meals a day, roughly. I will have my breakfast. I will have a snack. I'll have a lunch. I'll have a snack and I'll have my tea. Now, I might have an extra snack that might be bigger than or smaller or, you know, whatever. But loosely speaking, that's how it tends to go down. I'll try eat every sort of three hours, um, which is a nice balance throughout the day. And I'll have plenty of water in between that. At my breakfast, where's my protein source coming from? I will always make sure I'll try have something. And if it's not something that's prominent with protein, then that's where my supplements, my shakes come into it. So things I like having are porridge. I like cereal, I like toast, I like eggs, the usual, right? Now, let's take something that doesn't have a high protein return or content. Something like cereal doesn't really have um, much protein in it. So what I will do is I will have a protein shake alongside that. Or I might even be quite efficient, let's call it, and have a milk-based protein shake and use that as the milk on my cereal. Obviously, if I'm having things like eggs, then great. I might even have some like bacon or beans with that, which works very well. And then again, if I'm having like the porridge and more the oat side of things, that's quite high in carbs. Yes, there's a little bit of protein in like the yogurt or milk that might go with it. But again, I will stir in a scoop of protein. So, you know, if I was to say, look, buy any supplements or anything, 
Your protein powder would be number one on the list in my eyes, especially if you are someone who struggles to get the protein in. And then what I might do is I might actually front load all my protein so that I don't have to worry about it later in the day. So I don't tend to cook tea, for instance, or I might sometimes. So I don't really have a say in what we get. Now, yes, we tend to eat a lot of meat and fish and things like that. So I know there's going to be some protein, but just to play it safe, I will always make sure the things that I'm in charge of, so breakfast, my snacks and lunch, that my protein is high and there's plenty in it. Now, I try to eat 160 to 180 grams of protein per day. um, And that's a mixed 2,800 calories on a training day. I'll have 2,400 calories on a rest day. And I'll have about three to three and a half thousand on what we'd call a flexi day. Not a cheat day, a flexi day. It's a bit more flexible. Um, And the thing is, I will then try to split that protein into meals. So I'll be like, rather than thinking, right, I've got to have 160 plus grams a day. I'll be like, well, can I have 30 to 40 grams in my breakfast? and so on through my snacks. And then my snacks would be things like a protein bar, a protein yogurt, basically anything that says protein in front of it. Um, My lunch would then tend to be some sort of meat, fish, veg, any carbs, snacks, same again. And yeah, tea is just a bit of a free-for-all really. It tends to not not be too bad. You know, probably something quite quick and easy with our lives, you know, something that we can just bang in the oven and not really think about. And that's how my life works. Obviously, we don't have kids at this moment in time. We've only got ourselves to feed, and Jasper, of course. Um, And we don't really have to worry about much else other than that. But I appreciate if you're a working parent, if you've got a family to look after, then these things can be quite difficult. So a bit like me, the one thing I would say is that if you are in charge of your um, decisions that don't affect somebody else, then capitalize on them. Use them well. If you are in charge of taking your lunch to work, then you make sure it's got all the good stuff in it. Because if you know that your other half's cooking tea and that you're having something that's maybe not as high in nutritional value as what other meals could be, then you just make the most of the meals that you can do. And that would be my very best advice to you. And you know, you've got to play the cards that you've been dealt at times. And I'm not saying, you know, refuse your tea that your other half's making or anything like that. But you might want to have a conversation about cleaning it all up and saying, well, look, this is why I'm eating this. And and can we try eat a little bit fresher produce and things? But you'll find a way is what I'm really trying to say. And, and you'll find a way to navigate the numbers. But regardless of the numbers and irrespective of all that side of things, protein, protein, protein. And I'm telling you, if you can hit your protein goals, and again, this is why I would track to make sure I'm hitting them. But if you are hitting more protein, you're going to feel stronger. You're going to feel fuller for longer and the returns you'll get on your training, if you are an avid gym goer, like I say, all my clients are now just smashing the life out of protein, really. And I'm telling you, it is a game changer. And it's, it's scientific. You know, again, that's not just me just spinning you a tail. That's me telling you, look, we've seen people who don't eat enough protein and we've seen people who do eat enough protein. I'm telling you, the, the latter are doing so well, so well. And we had a lot of sort of big conversations with clients over the new year period and you know we reflected on our year and it always came down to their nutrition and actually within that the protein like how's it looking so they're saying well it's here it's there and it's a little bit hit and miss but when we put the numbers together it will way off the mark and it's like well, hang on a minute if we just shift this and if we just do this then all of a sudden we're going to be there and they're getting there and when they are it's going to be amazing and the returns in their I'm going to say protein investment already, have been through the roof. They've done so well. And now it's just a case of keeping it up. Like I said, now we're just thinking about the long game. 
we've done the hard part, we've adjusted the diet, we've had these difficult conversations potentially with family members about realigning their diet and things like that. Now we just keep it up. And we, this is where it comes down to just one day at a time. And this is why it always links back to not only enjoying the process, but trusting it and taking it one day at a time, one decision at a time, one step at a time. So calorie deficit, protein intake sky high, and we'll be absolutely laughing. In addition to this with your meals, the other point I'd say is plenty of color, plenty of vitamins, nutrients on your plate. So what we'd want to see is almost throughout the day, can you tick off the colors of the rainbow? That's a really good way of looking at it. So plenty of greens, plenty of reds, you know, go crazy with it, you know, do what you want. There's no right or wrong, but in terms of your fruit and veg, how can it look? How many colors can you actually tick off? Because within that, there's going to be so many different returns, like say in terms of the nutrients and vitamins and all these sort of things. And you get your superfoods that, you know, your blueberries with their antioxidants and all this side of things. But if we can hit color, if we can hit protein, if we can identify actually each individual food item on our plate and say, yes, this is serving me a greater purpose because of X, Y, and Z, then you're going to be absolutely laughing. I'm telling you, you're going to see such a return in your food, your enjoyment, your quality of it, how you're feeling, your energy levels are going to be sky high. And that's all because you are making calculated choices. So with whatever with whatever path, easy for me to say, you are taking with your nutrition, just ensure that you're giving yourself the best platform to grow. Right, here's one for you. I know what I need to do, I just need to do it. Have you ever said this or have you heard this? Because I hear it all the time. People know what they need to do. They know they need to be eating the right things in terms of the food that provides us with a higher nutritional value and return, but they're not doing it. And there's a, a mental barrier in between them and the things they need to do. And my solution to this is one of two things. Firstly, you've got to ask yourself, what is your why? And what I mean by this is, why are you doing this? Why are you potentially eating the right or why are you potentially eating these foods that have a higher or lower nutritional value? What purpose are they going to serve you? But what is the end goal? What is your rich life? What, what is the big picture? And for me, this is, I want to be in the shape of my life. I want to feel the best I've ever felt. I've got a wedding in August I need to be in shape for. But thinking long term and much more applicable to my job is my why is I want to set an example. I want to set an example to the people in my life to show that actually by eating the right foods, by working hard, I can have what I want to have really. And that comes from, yes, making these compromises, not necessarily sacrifices. It's going to come with hard work, but it's all worth it. And I've found ways around it. Like we said, we look at the 80-20 rule. We look at making compromises. We look at eating the foods we want to enjoy. We look at balance. We look at playing the long game, things like this. And that's really fueling me and accelerating me forward to where I want to be. And like I said, I am now in the shape of my life. I'm the strongest I've ever been. I'm the fastest I've ever been. And you know, these are all my goals. It's whatever suits you and what's your purpose. But is it you want to be a role model to the grandkids in so many years time? Is it you want to feel fitter at work? Are you struggling to walk up the stairs at work? 
Do you want to be more active? Do you want to feel more energized, be more mobile? And the reason you're potentially not doing these things, you're not doing the do, is because of A, a lack of discipline, not necessarily motivation. I think you're potentially relying on motivation too much, which unfortunately always comes and goes. But I would say you haven't actually honed in on your why for long enough or thought hard enough about it. And you've got to really dig deep and you've got to keep it at the forefront of your mind. And you can say, well, yeah, I want to be in shape and I want to lose two stone or whatever you want to say. But in reality, like, what is the big picture? And again, like clients come in, what can I do for you? I want to lose a stone. No, no, no. Why are you really here? What is it you really want? Oh, I've just lost all my confidence with and my relationship is breaking down and I want to achieve all these things. And and it starts to unravel a little bit and you get to the point. It's not just this knee-jerk reaction. So have a good, long, hard think about what your why is and why you are doing it. Now, that is my first reason. The second reason for you potentially not doing the do, it does come down to discipline. And a lot of people get this confused with motivation, like we've said previously, but your motivation is an emotion, your happiness, your sadness, excitement. It all comes and goes depending on your emotions, just like motivation. Your motivation will come and go as easy as that. But it's your discipline is going to the thing that needs to be your consistent, what we'd call a non-negotiable. So if it's you eating or tracking calories or whatever it's going to be, just eating the right things, then ensure you are doing it. And as hard as it's going to be, you've got to just see it through. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it's got to be done. You've got to be in a position where you can say, you know what, I've ticked that box. Whereas your motivation, if you're relying on motivation rather than discipline, then you will be derailed by social events. You'll be derailed by other emotions, um, whatever's going on in your life, holidays. I don't know. The list goes on. But this motivation comes with its highs and lows. Whereas your discipline, if we can just keep it quite linear, if we can keep it quite a blanket statement, we think of the long game and we just show up one day at a time. It's like when you go to the gym. I always say like, go to the gym. If you don't feel like it, just go. And if you step on treadmill for 20 minutes and just have a little wonder listening to a podcast, then brilliant. But you've been to the gym. You've ticked that box. Obviously, we can then fine tune that and work hard and things. But your food, if it all goes out the window then then the discipline goes with it and that's your issue. So we've got to get disciplined. We've got to learn to say no and start saying yes to the things that we need to say yes to. Stay disciplined, stay true and hard to yourself and you will get the returns in your investment and your hard work. But if we rely on motivation solely, then it's just not enough. And the big thing is, and this is what I say to so many clients, you owe you. You owe you the best life, the best platform to grow. And your food is the fuel behind this life that you want. So it's really important, it's really key and vital that we can look after it in the best way possible. So like we say, we look after our calories or we're mindful of them if we're not tracking them. We eat enough protein to feel big and strong and full. We have enough colour on our plate for our energy and for our vitamins and for our nutrients. We drink enough water to stay hydrated so that we feel good and we feel energised at work and all these little things and we're feeling just generally good. And then it comes down to this idea of, well, if we can eat the right foods and if we can tick all these boxes and if we can be on it at least 80% of the time, then this feel-good factor stays. It's there. It's a consistent in our life. And when we're feeling good, we then start to perform better. And you know what comes after that? We feel, we perform, and then the luck comes. And before you know it, 
boom, we are absolutely laughing. And of course, here at The Confidence Project, we align this with our three Ps, our three pillars. We look at you as a person, we look at your positivity and your purpose, and your food can fall into all three brackets with that. And like I say, your food becomes so important, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but you can't out-train a bad diet. You simply can't. It's not possible. It's not feasible. You've got to look after your food. You've got to be the one who stays disciplined, who stays in charge of these decisions and, and makes these pivotal decisions that will only benefit you. And I'm telling you, you are going to absolutely skyrocket. So do the do and stay disciplined. And remember, motivation at times, it's a load of rubbish. So I'm going to round off the podcast just by covering a few questions I got on Instagram because I said I would put this podcast out regarding nutrition. Does anything, anyone have anything they want me to cover or anything like that? And I've tried to cover the majority in the things that we've touched on, i.e. how much protein should I have? Um, someone made a really good point about just ditching the scales and just trusting the process and they found that that helps them, um, which I think is really useful, obviously, from my point of view and things like this. But I've just got four questions here that I'm just going to cover that hopefully help you because if someone else is asking them, the chances are you've probably thought them. And this is quite a common question I get asked by clients and I always give the same answer, but the question is, what foods do I need to eat? And I answered it in the early segment. It's, what do you enjoy eating? There is no right or wrong. It's just a case of your foods need to have a higher or lower nutritional value. But if I threw it back to you and said, what do you enjoy eating? What would you say? And if it's, you know, cereal, then have cereal. If it's eggs, toast, <laughs> have your eggs on toast. But then you almost manipulate that diet in order to factor in the things that you want to eat. And there's ways around it, of course there is. So like a really good one I like doing is like, I love pizza, but unfortunately pizza is just sky high in calories. So I'll get like a tortilla wrap and then I'll put sort of like my tomato paste on it and then like my chicken and my cheese and things like that. And I'll have like a little mini pizza, for instance. And that's just one example of many. Um, if you're someone who, who likes bread, then you get the thinner breads, you know, the, the Warburton thins, things like that. Like... Think about what you enjoy, and I'm willing to bet that most supermarkets have got like an alternative, lower calorie, fat-free version of it, something that's probably more suited to your diet and your lifestyle. So I can't really give an answer into that one in offense, other than eat what you enjoy. And if it's stuff that, like you say, that maybe doesn't align with this higher nutritional returns and content, then start incorporating it and then just potentially cut back. But again compromise, don't sacrifice. The next one I got was, do I need to meal prep? Short answer, no. You don't need to meal prep. Again, to throw it back to you, do you want to meal prep? Now, it's got its advantages. It comes with organization. It means you don't have to worry about certain things. Does your lifestyle mean that you sort of have to because you're struggling for time? Things like this. Now, I've done it where I've meal prepped in the past and I've found that my only problem is I might prep it and then I don't want it and then I'm like, oh, for God's sake, I've got to eat this and then I'll lose that enjoyment. So what I actually do is I will sort of tend to cook two meals at a time. So let's say I'm having a chicken breast, I'll cook two chicken breasts, but I won't put anything with it, but I know that my protein is then the foundation of that meal. The same with veg, I could chop up just double the portion of veg and just put it in a container and it's just there for me then to use at my disposal or I might cook it off, I might put it in a salad, whatever. The same with my carbs, you know, I might batch cook some rice. So I will batch cook, but I won't necessarily meal prep if that makes sense. Now, 
I have done it where I've meal prepped, like I say, and it does has it have its advantages. Um, like I say, I don't have to think about what I'm having, but then it just comes with sheer boredom, I think. So it's up to you. You don't necessarily need to meal prep, but if you want to do it, and if you are someone who struggles with time and organization, and you've got the focus to do it and then potentially eat the same meal within reason, of course you can like change your seasonings and spices and all these things, then great, go for it because it will help you. And it, if you're someone who falls off track as well, it will help you massively because we speak about this roadmap just being forged for you. Well, it's done for you then. All you've got to do is just make the steps. All you've got to do is show up and eat and it's not that difficult then, is it, all of a sudden? So yeah, go for it if you fancy it. But if you don't want to, you don't have to, just know that I don't necessarily meal prep, but I will I will set the foundations in place, I'd call it. The next question, the third one, is does it matter when I eat? Now, I assume this is in relation to some sort of training and things like this. There's potentially a little bit of context that's needed with this, but in the grand scheme of things, no. And let's say we're tracking our calories and like me, you're having 2,800 calories uh, and that's your goal in order to lose your weight. In reality, I could skip breakfast, lunch, my snacks, and I could have a Domino's for tea, right? That would be my calories, or maybe actually Domino's is sky high, isn't it? Um, and there it is, and I've hit my calories, and at the end of the day, it's again, it's that box ticked of, yeah, you've hit your calories, job done. But let's look at um, being realistic now. Well, I'll be starving all day, um, I won't be functioning at work, I'll feel a bit crap, I don't really want it, so by having again in my course case, five spread out meals every three hours, that works very well for me, but I know people who like skip breakfast for instance, I know that's quite a common thing, and I always think breakfast is a really important meal of the day, and it sort of gets you up and it sets you up, but equally if you don't want breakfast, if you just think, oh I'm just too tired to eat or whatever, then don't eat it. It doesn't really matter. Like I say, as long as you can eat a sufficient and adequate amount of the right things, then you'll be okay. But when you do it, it doesn't matter. Now, if we're talking in terms of training, so let's say you're going to the gym, do I eat before it? How would I advise a little snack? Again, it's personal preference. Some people will train fasted, um, so they won't have anything to eat and they might do it first thing in the morning. It's six and two threes, really. It doesn't really matter. It's not really going to have a big impact for good or bad it's just it's your preference it's just because you might not fancy sweating it out on a full stomach me personally breakfast is the first thing on my mind i just love food i just love eating but i've tried to go to the gym fasted and i hate it i'm thinking just get me home i want to eat i'm hungry um so i will always try like a little snack like a little saurine bar a banana cereal's quite a nice pre-workout things like that um but yeah and then i'll eat after it and on the back of that, you might have heard of something called the anabolic window where they say you must get your protein in 30 to 60 minutes after a workout for an optimal return. Again, when you have your protein, it doesn't matter. So let's say you've gone to the gym and then you've got to travel, I don't know, for three hours. I mean, you've, let's say hypothetically you've gone a long way to the gym. Then you haven't had your protein for another three, four hours, but it doesn't matter. You've still had your protein. And again, at the end of the day, can you say you've ticked that box? So as much as I want to give you specifics with this nutrition and what to eat and when to eat there's no right or wrong answer so I, I can't really give that answer that you potentially want to hear but yeah I mean it doesn't really matter when you eat or like I say what you eat it's entirely up to you when you eat you know enjoy it just make sure it's got a nice nutritional returns for you and, and it sort of has that high content that we need in terms of protein and the right things and, and all that side of things so yeah hopefully that helps to a degree now the last one was more of a statement 
And it simply read, I have no self-control. And I get it. I absolutely get it because it's so difficult. And the thing is with nutrition, like we say, when you've got all, you know, your chocolate bars and your fast foods and, and like stuff like Uber Eats, like I can get the food I want at the click of a button from three different restaurants and it'll be here within 30 to 60 minutes. And I don't have to slave over the cooker. I don't have to worry about food shopping. And it's just a luxury. And yeah, it's all great. But again, where is the value also, it's money, things like that, you know, in terms of takeaways. Um, but in terms of self-control, then it goes back to this idea of having, firstly, self-discipline, like be disciplined, just show up. And also then, what is your why? And I'd also ask yourself, like, what if I do this decision? Or what if I do that decision? What if, for a week, you eat really well, you eat a balanced diet, you train hard, you look after your food, you're well hydrated, you feel energized, you're performing well at work, your relationship's in a fantastic place, you're not groggy or grouchy with anyone, you're not tired, you feel amazing, and life's looking pretty dandy. Or, what if I have three takeaways a week, I'm dehydrated, I can't be arsed, I'm skipping breakfast, I've thrown a sickie at work because I don't want to be there, and ultimately, life's looking a bit crap and a bit bleak. You'd always have the formal, wouldn't you? And again, dare I say, I'm not saying it's solely food that's going to dictate that, but it will have a massive impact. So when it comes down to self-control, you've got to be disciplined. You've got to show up for you. You've got to think of your future self, like me, set that example to others, and ultimately just show up and go through the hard times. And I'd also say, like, if you are in a position where you want to, let's just say, have a, a chocolate bar that you don't necessarily need, um, or food that doesn't necessarily align with you, then just before you eat it, just ask yourself, hang on a minute, do I need it? Count to five. One, two, three, four, five. Ah, oh, no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't need it. Shake it off, as Taylor Swift said. Like, you will be okay, and it will be hard because these things, especially high in sugar, have so much craving with it and you've got to learn how to curb it, but how you do that is on you. So if you've got some sort of coping mechanism, so... For me, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. So I will, for instance, go to the gym or I'll be like, right, I know I want to snack, but it's lunch in a few hours. I don't really need it. So I'll go walk the dog. Something like that will help. I'll also say that I do have a really big sweet tooth. So I just have protein bars on site, honestly, full of them. If you need a protein bar, come to me. Um, and I'll always have the right stuff in the um, fridge and cupboards just so that if I do have a fallback, it's there for me. Now, let's say that I go one past that and I lose that self-control. Does it fit into that 20%? So I might have, you know, let's say I might have that chocolate bar and it's my Yorkie, for instance, and I'm loving it. Okay, that's one. But I will not let that then spiral into 20 Yorkie bars because realistically, who would ever do that? I mean, it might be nice. You never know. Um, but yeah, you just wouldn't, would you? You wouldn't fall into that bracket of, using all your calories and all your energy and, and just eating a ton of chocolate or whatever because we all know it. And as much as you say you're not, you're going to feel a bit crap for it. You really, really are. So and when it comes down to your self-control, then learn to control it. And what I'd always say is, again, like, if you need to use me or Google or ask anyone if you want, you know, some help, then then do it. And something I see with people and something that I do with clients sometimes is actually set up like a little challenge, which also helps. So I've currently got a challenge going on with a client. You know, between us, we'll report back to each other every day just how we've been and then we can just enjoy our foods a little bit more and again it's only a short term fix but it's just what we need at the time and 
it's things like that. So you've got little challenges. Like I say, there's ways around it. So I, I've got these, um, I, I can't remember what they're called, like skinny bar, chocolate bars or something. They've got like 70 calories in it and that's nothing in the grand scheme of things. So if I really want some chocolate and I don't want to waste all my protein bars, then I could have that. But again, I'll just have one. And I'll, like I said, I'll take myself out of the house, for instance, and it just helps. So you've got to find a way. But again, it comes down to this idea of trial and error. But I am absolutely with you. I can empathize massively when you've got no self-control and it, it just goes out the window a little bit. But just take it one step at a time, one decision at a time. And with that, I would also say don't let one bad decision turn into an abundance because it's very easy to think, well, bollocks to it now. I've done it. I've had this chocolate bar. I may as well have another one. Like, Just draw a line under it. And again, easier said than done, but if you are in a position where you can draw that line under it and when you feel like you've got your power back and your authority and your clarity with your food, then you're going to feel on top of the world. So that's my very best advice to you with your self-control is just find a way to control it, put little habits in place that will create those safety nets and ultimately you're going to put yourself in a much better position for progress and growth. And there you have it, team. Another episode done and dusted. Episode 7 Thank you so much for listening. As always, it means the absolute world. If you've got any more nutrition things you want me to cover, or if there's anything you want to ask, you know where to find me over on my Instagram at Liam Swales PT. If there's anything that I haven't touched base on or you want more clarity over, then please let me know. But like I said earlier, this is just my opinion. It's just my take. It's just a few things I wanted to cover and dip my toe into. But like I said, if there's anything you want to hear or if there's anything I didn't quite cover or you didn't quite get, then just let me know. I am only a message away. But team, thanks as always for listening. Love you all. Take care. Enjoy your day. Go have a blast.